Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. You all are in for such a treat with this episode because I am speaking with Violette Surratt, who is an incredible French makeup artist, creative director, also creator, and she founded Violette FR in 2021. And you all put me on to the brand, actually, which you'll hear me talk about with her. But she is so unique and she has such a distinct point of view that's been honed over years and years of experiences, a lifelong lover of art that's definitely reflected in the products that she creates. And what I found so inspiring about Violette is she is very strategic. She knew from the very beginning of her career what she wanted to do all along. She always knew she wanted to have her own beauty company, her own beauty brand. She always knew she wanted to make product, but she didn't rush the process. She collected all of her experiences to make the brand what it is today. And it really shows in how thoughtful the product is and how she's been able to create a company that feels totally like her, where she hasn't had to make compromises on her artistic vision. And the founder's journey is not an easy one. It's not easy for anyone, but we certainly talk about how Violette was living paycheck to paycheck and taking some jobs that were really tough for her. But she pushed through and she made a name for herself and she started documenting her experiences with makeup on YouTube because she was looking for a YouTube channel that would have her sensibility and she didn't find one, so she created one, which I really identify with when I think about why I created Naked Beauty, why I created this show. I couldn't find it, so I made it. You all are going to love getting to know Violette, so without further ado, let's get into our conversation. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, Violette, welcome to Naked Beauty. So excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. Four months ago, I posted something about this eye paint that I'm wearing now. I think this is the Gia Bleu. Yeah. And I just got a flood of DMs. I talk about a lot of products, but my audience doesn't flood me with D- like a flood of DMs. Like I'm obsessed <laughs> with Violet's products. Have you tried the lip products? Have you tried the skincare? Have you-? And I like to think that I'm very up on what's happening. I was like, one, the fact that I haven't tried these products is a problem. Two, I've just never seen such an emotional response to oh. a makeup product. I mean, people love your products. Oh, that's amazing. That means the world to me. I think that the use of color specifically is one of the things that evokes emotion. There has been such a trend of the no makeup makeup look. And you see people like yourself and Vanessa Myricks really playing with color and tapping into the emotion that color brings. And so people feel this kind of pull towards the brand. Well, that's that's great because that you can think of this when you think of the brand because 
I don't, I never ever cared about trends. And every time I had like journalists says to me about the trends, I'm like, I'm really not your person for this. Cause what does it mean? Like trends, how can you quantify and really identify trends? And if you're not in the mood for this, like, why should you care? So my goal is really to use beauty as a way to take care of you, celebrate yourself and express yourself. It should be tender, it should be fun, and it should not be something aesthetic. Absolutely. It's so interesting that you bring this up. I was just listening to the Ezra Klein podcast, and he was talking about how do you cultivate taste? There's a push, and then there's a pull version of the internet. The pull version was when you used to go on blogs. I know, Violet, we're around the same age. So you remember you would go to the blogs, people would scan images from fashion magazines onto these forums. Like you had to search to find creative inspiration. Now it's the kind of push where it's an algorithm that's deciding for you what to like. And it's kind of this killer loop where people are now not developing their own unique taste. They're copying other people. And then it just fed back to you. Looking back, growing up, cultivating your creative taste in your eye. Where did you get inspired? So it started really young, actually. Now now that I have kids, I'm like, wow, I must have been such a weirdo as a kid. <laughs> I liked very artistic movies. For example, The Beauty and the Beast is the first version. I think it's from 1945. That was my type of content. <laughs> I like things a bit dark in a way, a bit enigmatic, very surrealist. And it, because it, it triggered questions, thoughts, like it really taught me how to not to be just fed inspiration and just want right. to apply them, but like makes me think. And I think I still work the same today. Like my inspirations are from the botanical garden, the museum, the art pieces, uh, the fabric district, or I, I go get swatches all the time. Yes. For my products, that's kind of how I use most of, you know, the benches I, I take to the labs are usually fabrics. So that's the way I work. I don't even really look at makeup products that much anymore. I used to, but at some point I felt like I, I was seeing enough and now I get, I like to get out of it completely in order to come back with something a bit more unique to bring to the brand. It's interesting to hear that your interest in things that were non-traditional started early. How old were you when you watched that Beauty and the Beast film and thought, wow. I was so young. And who showed it to you? I think my parents, because they were in the fashion industry, but really artistic side. And so I was lucky to be educated. Like I remember meeting Eve Klein work really early. Wow. Um, this eye paint and the velvety texture and yeah. the tr- that true blue pigment, it's Eve Klein on your eye. I mean, that was, that was inspiration. It's like, who does a better blue than him? So I think really early on, I was really surrounded by art. And also, you know, I was able to really express myself through art as well, because I think I was a bit of a, I don't want to say shy. It's more like I was a bit wild like it took me a while to acclimate to people and and so my way of really expressing was to paint a lot and that's how i made friends at school like really really little so i think really art became such a big part of me from my three years old i remember when i was at daycare (laughs) wow I bring my son to museums around LA, but I need to do more of that. It's so important just to expose from a very early age your child to art. It can shape their entire life. 
Yes, and you know, they may look like they don't care, but it's happening in their little mind. Like, for example, my daughter, I got her a book of Yayoi Kusama, which is one of my favorite artists. Yes. And the book is really nice for kids, actually. And she understood her work and she really appreciated her work. And then now we like for Christmas tree, she wanted to have like a Yayoi Kusama ornament. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> like we started. And so like, I'm so glad that she's getting inspiration or even like education. That's just not the kids stuff only. Well, the yes, kids that's so important. Stuff. My husband yeah. painted Yeokusama pumpkins for our family this really? year. My oh, son also so cool. appreciated. Yes, they kids know. Kids have a great eye for, for great artwork. I want to hear about how you thought about beauty growing up. Did you feel beautiful growing up? Was beauty something you participated in? So that's the thing. I don't know if it's the country I I lived in or if it's the the era, or maybe it's both, but being beautiful was not a thing. It was more how do you feel? And mm. so I started to think about it when I was 15 years old. So I think it's really late compared to today. I, I remember at 15 with my girlfriends, we were like try, starting to understand like who who we were, how we felt and what was our style. And, and that was just the beginning of it. I think I felt good. I had short hair, I had a pink <laughs> piece of hair. Uh, I was so wearing red lipstick all the time. All I wanted to do was like escape at night and go to clubs and dance all night. I, I had a very fun time with my girlfriends. And it sounds like you were also kind of out and about and seeing the Paris nightlife culture at the time yeah. and kind of taking that in. It's so interesting seeing like this indie sleaze revival and people talking about that time pre-social media yeah what were you seeing out at the nightclubs well of course my favorite i would say was um the gay clubs because i felt like they were so much more freedom and yes and it was not about again being pretty or looking hot it was just about people expressing themselves like feeling free and i felt very much surrounded by creativity and it was very inspiring to me that's really what I took from this time and even like going out I with my friends we were looking at old school inspiration from the 70s on how to get dressed and things like this yeah. we were trying to nurture this nightlife as really like this sort of like freedom moment where we could express something more than oh we're just going out to the club and it was it was a special time you came to new york at 19 not really yeah. knowing much english right no yeah it was crazy so what brought you to new york city initially i mean nothing brilliant i was just fantasizing about new york i think really i think friends tv show for non-american had an impact on us what shows were you watching a little sex in the city obsessed with sex in the city i mean the uh, best. that was the goal like that was so inspiring and Oh my gosh, I really have nostalgia this time. So yeah, for sure. And and I thought New York was a place to, again, be free, be creative. Everything was possible. And I moved there, but you know, I had no money, no visa, no English really vocabulary. It was insane. Did you know people there? I mean, like you land and then, and then what did and you do? <laughs> so no, I didn't know anyone. And lucky me, I found, I can't remember which website it was. At the time, but I found another French girl that was looking for a roommate 
I was like, okay, at least she'd speak my language. I thank God for her because Tiffany was really, she's been an incredible support system for me when she was there. She was older than me and she was just wow. so benevolent you're, to me. You're so lucky to have found each so other. So lucky. And, you know, I didn't even know which neighborhood I was, but I ended up being in Soho, which was great. It was the tiniest apartment. Great place to end up accidentally. Yes. <laughs> but it was so hard. Like every month I had to pay my rent. I, I had no idea how I'm going to do it. Nobody wanted to hire me because I had no paperwork. So it was a little bit like difficult and then I ended up finding one job that was like the worst thing for me. I had to put in the computer the the fur from that store that I, that they had in storage but I'm an animal lover so it was horrible for me to do this but I had really no choice I needed to eat like I was on the budget oh my god I was eating pasta every meal I was like I need to eat that I have no choice I have to take that job and um at least I survived this way. And then, then I tried to work not for money, but like to create my portfolio. Well, you know, I never assisted. I never went to makeup school. So I went to the library and I looked at Kevin O'Quan's book. I understood kind of like, okay, foundation first and powder, <laughs> like the basic. Then I went to Sephora to buy products. It was too expensive. I couldn't afford it. And then thank God Mac was the only one selling pigments and like basically raw materials. So I bought these as a base and I made my products on set. And that's really how everything started in my head because then I realized I was making products that I didn't see on the market. Right. So it's like, okay, one day I do my brand and I'll do these funny textures. And you were painting since you were three years old. So you already understood how to mix colors and you were kind of developing products all along. Now... What do you think that time period, logging for, <laughs> wondering how you were going to like kind of pay your rent, what do you think that time period did for your work ethic? And I really want people to hear this because a lot of people aren't prepared to do the work that it takes to really yeah. build something. Well, so much actually, because that's when I realized like, you know, it depends on me. The way I'm going to work is going to define my life. Mm. So I knew that I made that choice to go through you know, for a path that's like a passion and not necessarily get a very secure future potentially. And so it's all depending on me. And so very early on, because I had no training, so I had to also be my own judge to educate myself in industry and my eye. And so that was such an amazing opportunity for me because I was forced to put aside my ego so I could be the hardest judge for myself, which allow me even today to not take anything personally at work. Like mm. on set, if the makeup looks, doesn't work, I'm gonna be the first one to be like, wait guys, that's, uh, let me redo this, this doesn't work. I don't feel like it defines me as a person. If I don't see any failures more like this. I don't think there is any failure in that. So it gave me the sense of responsibility, of ownership, of, of how hard I had to work. And at the same time, to not protect my ego, to be like a bit shaken, you know? But at the same time, you do have to be confident enough to, you know, stand your ground. And a lot of people, when you're young and you start, have a lot of ideas on how you should do things and a lot of advice and they project a lot of things on you. Mm -hmm. So how do you stay humble enough to keep learning, to keep listening and to keep growing, but at the same time strong enough to do what you know inside you have to do and keep working you know it's mm. a very thin balance i think the key is to always listen to your instinct 
Yes. Is there a time in developing your brand that someone who maybe had more experience than you was suggesting something, but you knew in your heart it wasn't the right choice for the brand? I mean, a lot of time, it's little things here and there, you know, I think a lot of time it was like trying to, like advising me to make the brand maybe more American, mm. like pizza America more, maybe not use French words or because people couldn't pronounce it, all the names of a product are French words. And I said, well, I don't have to adapt and to bend completely to this market. This brand is French. We have two offices in Brooklyn and in Paris. Like it's really in between the two. I don't think we need to make it so easy and for, for one culture. I think people also like to, to learn something new. So this has to my ground, but also, you know, on the type of products or the name or, Everybody has an opinion. I'm sure also selling products across categories was something completely new. I mean, I feel mm -hmm. like it's like your skincare, your makeup, your fragrance, and the fact that you're doing all of these and, and selling, from what I understand, really well across categories. It's not like your audience only goes and buys the makeup or only goes and buys the skincare. People are buying everything you're making. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. We're talking about it today. Like our skincare is such a big part of our revenue. And I'm so proud of this because I was really worried that, you know, I'm known as a makeup artist and that will not give the real chance to our skincare. And this boom, boom, milk is just so gold that I was like, oh, it deserves to be known. People should forget it's from me, but you know, and, yeah. but you know, my husband asked me for long, she said, what's your definition of success? Like what, what would you need to say? Okay. I succeeded. And I said reviews, if the reviews are positive and people like the products and I did my job, I did my, and more I made my dream come true. And boom, boom milk was like this, like we didn't advertise anything. And then reviews started to grow, 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 and it became like word to mouth. And now it's one of our best seller. And that's amazing. I mean, Boom Boom Milk, I know you worked with your chemist for four years to develop this, you know, oh incredible gosh, skincare product. <laughs> Take me through the ingredients and what it can do for people's skin. Honestly, it's like kind of like we make jokes about this product. Like what else, what new are we going to find out? Because we keep receiving testimonials from customers about how this product helped them. And I'm always blown away. So we keep adding, wanting to do more testing. So we're able to make those claims. And so we can help more people. But basically, you know, when I was working with skin for 20 years and I had to do makeup in five seconds and put the ground set and it was no retouching because it was videos and it was beauty campaign. And I tried to put foundation on the skin, everything glides because the skin barrier was so broken and so damaged that nothing could stay on the skin. I was dreaming of something that would be like a beverage to your skin. Like imagine like a protein shake with skin that will like give the skin uh, its texture bad. We seek it to grab on the makeup and really treat skin health overall, not just the consequences, but also the cause of the issue. And so with Luke, we develop uh, and Caroline, who is like the third wheel, like we triangle of like uh, brains working on, on skincare. I said to him, like, I think it should be liquids for the skin to drink it really fast, but thick enough to really moisturize. And I need something that is a miracle for inflammation because from acne to the damaged skin barrier to everything, there is an inflammation issue. 
So right. we have 38% of fermented Bursap. Bursap is something we drink in France to reduce inflammation and to help the body detoxify. So you buy in pharmacy and it's like super established in our culture. And so he thought, you know, using this and with the fermentation process really help you rebuild your skin barrier. And then we have a lipid track that's kind of like a little bit of a superpower for your skin. It really helps the cells really, really fast. It also has some antimicrobial anti antifungus agents. So when you have acne, like it's really going to help regulate that. We have squalane, of course, that's really good for hydration. And instead of putting water, Candy thought of having glacier water because there's much more minerals that your skin needs. So in the end, it's combo and it's 99% natural. So... It's really good for you. What's well, kind of like the, the magic one for most skin issues. My nanny in France has been suffering from PSA, it's very hard for me to say this for English, psoriasis <laughs> since Arises. years. Yes, thank you. Uh, since years, and it looks like she has cigarette burns on her skin and she tried every treatment possible. And I gave it to her because I said like, listen, try that because I've heard customers saying it really helped them there, but we didn't do any testing. You can just try, but you know, I wasn't thinking it's going to heal her and she tried and she didn't say anything for a week. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, okay. like it's a cute product, but whatever. After a week, she was like, okay, we need to talk. What the hell is going on? It was all gone and wow. it was just a white, like scars. And now it's been a few months of scars are gone. So it's like, even if she stops using it, it doesn't come back to the places she treated it with. Absolutely mind blown. So now we it's really hard to test for, for this type of, of condition, so we can't, but we can see if it's okay for this skin to, this type to use at least, because I know that people that have eczema or psoriasis in French, it's such a, it's such an issue in their life that if we could bring a bit of comfort, I would love that. Also my, my babies, both of them were born with eczema prone skin. So they had eczema at birth. And you know, at the time I called my chemist, I was like, what can I do? It's like, use boom, boom milk. I was like, seriously? He's like, yeah, yeah. And I've been using it since I'm born, completely clear and everything. Wow. So it's like, it, it does a lot of things. People told me about burns to help them, mosquito bites, <laughs> allergic reaction, like we heard everything. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but it sounds incredible. And it's so nice to be able to help people with their skin. The product that I have tried that, again, so impressed with, the Skin Band-Aid, this idea of painting uh, yeah. over your blemish. So I hate to put makeup over blemishes. I mean, it yes. just feels terrible. So to yes. be able to paint something on that's clear and covers it, I was just like, this is brilliant. What's good with this product is that not for blemishes, it's just not for blemishes. It's also for like superficial cuts or a little burn and it came from a burn issue. And so for my kids, you know, they come back from school, they always have a scratch here and there and I put this on top and you know, it disinfects, it heals, it seals. It's so not, now my trainer that's is a fighter in jujitsu uses it every time he fights. <laughs> so I'm like, I love to see these products like from my story, then it's your story and then it's somebody else's story. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Yes. You do a great job of sharing your brand through the filter of many different skin types and age ranges. It's sad that it's rare to see, but it really is rare to see. I think one of the things that stood out to me, and I shared this with your PR team, as I was browsing your site, seeing 
not just one model with a deeper skin tone, but multiple models with deeper skin tones, seeing people that clearly have different types of skin in the makeup. I mean, diversity kind of ends with like, okay, we have like one person of color, like that's enough. We've like filled our diversity quota, but you seem to have a real intention around showing your products on a range of people. I think because as long as, as I can remember, I touched so many different skin as a makeup artist. Mm. And so for me, it was never one skin. And like, I remember telling my sister at the time, you cannot call yourself a makeup artist if you don't know how to do makeup on every skin tone. Like you, that's just the base of everything. And so if you go to a fashion show to assist a makeup artist, you need to have every product to be able to do the job, but also you need to know how, because every skin is different, every skin tone is different, to know how to custom the foundation or the concealer to fit the person. For me, it's like the base of everything. Like it shouldn't even be something special. And my colors, the way I work is it fits everyone. It's like not one color, just for one skin tone. Like I always develop and I have my little recipe. So it fits every skin tone. So of course, every time this person is going to wear it, it's going to look a bit different because the skin is going to impact the color. And I love this. So I want to show as much as I can the diversity of the product because then you can see how new it's going to look like. This brand is really, I use, always use the term with love, avec amour. And I really want everybody to feel welcome. And beyond uh, skin color, age, I feel, is also a topic that we don't really talk about. But it's also an issue, representation in different age groups. We still right. say like anti-aging I mean come on we should not use this term in the beauty industry ever so I really try to um, welcome as many people as I can and so I don't have to have many like every skin tone for one shoot but across every shoot we try to always speak different profiles so we can t t tell different stories and it's very inspiring for us it all comes down to storytelling i want to see your jujitsu trainer and <laughs> some upcoming campaign work i want to go back to something you said about your work ethic you said and i wrote it down because it was so brilliant you said you had this realization that the way i work is going to define my life i've also heard you talk about showing up on set it was a french vogue set and i also used to work in the fashion industry and there's a term called like set etiquette it's like you show up and you're very plain like you wear a black t-shirt you wear black pants you're kind of like don't look at me you kind of go out of your way to not draw anyone's eyes towards you you went to yeah. a shoot and Kareen was there, correct? And you chose to stand out. Talk to me about that moment and your decision to wear what you wore. So it's, it was actually in her office. I know what you're oh, it was Okay, about. it was in her office. But if you're going yeah. to any Vogue office anywhere in the world, you're probably going to stick oh, yeah. to classics, play it safe. Yeah, and also like at the time, I was kind of over with the industry because I showed up on set being myself. And at the time, and listen, I was not that, I was not eccentric at all. I just had red lipstick and like, sometimes I was wearing heels and I had this hat and my kit was not the usual kit because it was actually like a small suitcase because I didn't have that much product because I was creating everything else. And people were telling me, you need to look more humble. So the talent doesn't feel threatened by you. And I'm like, I think that. If I were talent and my glam team was, I could see who they are and they felt good in their own skin, I would feel like actually I'm safe. 
of and course. I will feel good. And I will ask them, what do you think? Do I look good? And I'll know you come from a place of security. So it's great for me to have their eye. And it never came from talent because most of the time I was taking care of talents that were model, young models that, you know, how it is in the industry. Unfortunately, maybe didn't feel like they had room to express anything at the time, which uh, also another topic. So I was kind of finding this. And, and then when I entered Karen's office, I can remember when I got my meeting with her, I was like, I'm just going to be myself because I really want this energy to accept who I am. If they don't, then I'll just do something else. And so I had this like really tight, very high waist skirt and then heels and this little top and red lipstick. And I came in, of course, I was nervous, you know, and then she didn't even say hi. She looked at me from head to toe and said, oh, you French girl girl. And I felt like she really appreciated how I looked. She didn't think I was too much. And again, yeah. it seems so, so stupid what I'm saying, because it's very simple what I was wearing, but people don't understand like back in the day, a makeup artist or hairstylist wear all black, no heels, no makeup, like, like blended as much as possible. So I, I felt like finally I, you know, I could be who I was in this industry. So that yeah. was really nice. Oh my gosh, to have her scan you up and down and say you're a French Vogue girl is like <laughs> such a, it's such a moment, but you were yourself, which is also something that I really want people to hear as they hear your story. You have to have the courage to show up as your true self, yeah. because if you had, you know, blended in and, and toned it down, you may not have had that opportunity or caught in her eye or, you know, it's like, it's so important that people listen to that inner voice. You know, exactly what I think it is also is that how can you expect life to fit you if you don't show up as you are? You know, life, people, is almost like it's going to misinterpret who you are. Like show up, show who you are, and things will come your way. But at least she saw who I was, she understood who I was, and wherever after we work together, it fits me because she right. had a sense, you know? So instinctively, she was like, okay, I can feel her. So I think even for you, it will guide you so much better to be who you are. Yes. You are a mom like I am. And sometimes all you want to do is just like be in sweatpants and like not be bothered and just kind of take time off from beauty. How has your relationship to beauty and self-expression changed as you've also grown into the role of being a mother? Well, I understood how much uh, this woman side of me is as important as being a mom. So I, I remember for my first, I had a very difficult delivery and I wasn't able to walk or stand up for the next three weeks. Oh, and wow. when I was finally able to do it, the moment I was able to like wash my hair and some lipstick on, oh my gosh, I felt like I got myself back again after this train wreck. And it's because it's a shock when you have your first child is like from one life to another. And I felt like, no, it's not over. And I'm myself again and I'm okay. So that felt really good. The, the first thing I, I realized, and I also realized like to be a good mom, it's very important for me to have this, this moment. So like every Friday night, I go on a date with my husband. I love and that. Dedicated just, date night on the calendar. Yeah. What do you guys do? Because my husband and I are trying to get out of just dinners and like the hell of securing dinner reservations at whatever new place there is. So I'm like, okay, we should switch it up. It shouldn't always be dinner. What it, do you guys do different things for date night or is it mostly eating? So I think for us, it's more about connecting and checking on each other. And like last Friday, we had a oh my casa dinner at this like a fish market also almost like super small need two other people with us and 
it was such simple yet magic moment for just us to connect. So we don't put a lot of efforts in what we're going to do. It's more about the quality of the moment. But I think the next step, what I'm really looking forward to is like when we'll be able to escape together for a week. I would love to go to Mexico and like, like explore. So yes okay i'm like crossing my fingers for you because my husband and i did that we did japan <gasps> summer oh together no child you know we love our son but it was really great to have wow. just like that one-on-one -on -one time yes. together and then you come back you like it's it's great even for the kids i think for for them to see the parents having their own relationship it's it's it sets the tone for their own relationship in the future i think absolutely and that is a much more traditionally French way of looking at it, where like the relationship comes first, then the children in America, it's like, my child is my everything. Like everything else will crumble as long as my child's okay. And it's like, no, no, you've got to take care of yourself and your partner. Yeah. And then everything flows from that. You talked about putting on your lipstick after delivery. I have these two here. These yeah. reds are, I've tried a lot of red lipstick just the most phenomenal red lip I've tried. And again, oh, when I asked my audience, which color should I get? You have three different reds. They were like, yeah. just get all three. Like you just need <laughs> all of them. Oh my gosh, um, they're the best. But it's almost like the dry down is different from how it looks when it's mm -hmm. when you're first applying yeah. it, but it gets like more velvety over time. And then it lasts as I'm eating. I'm just like, what is in this product to make it so superior from other red lips I've tried? I mean, just a color. Every time it takes us a year and a half to develop, like I'm working on the next one and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been, this one's been two years. I don't even know if we're getting anywhere. And it's kind of what I call our couture products. I mean, it's like if I don't nail the color, we just don't launch it. So we've been postponing this launch for this last guy. And I'm like, now I'm determined this year. I want it to happen because it's my dream red, but we'll get there. It's just, um, there is this incredible technology that it's buildable. So the more you put on, the darker it becomes. It was inspired by Rose Petal. What I love about Rose Petal is this ombre. And it comes from the texture ball, so the pigments. And so we really worked on that. It's very loaded in pigment. And, and then I'm going to play with which pigments I put in to give this effect. And I'm constantly improving a formula, even though they're successful. So for example, I'm already working on the version of this formula for the next in the three years to make sure we keep improving how it looks, how it feels, like this blurry, velvety effect. Because that's the key. You have to be behind your chemist constantly to push them. Otherwise, they get comfortable, like everybody. <laughs> I'm sure your chemist is like, oh, here comes Violet again with like some uh, some impossible yeah. <laughs> requests. But that's how you know you're pushing things forward. Is there a lipstick color that you feel like? Because I feel like like royal blue on the eye is so underutilized. Is there mm -hmm. a lipstick color that you feel like more people should play with? I feel like we had a moment maybe like two years ago where people were like purple cream blush is like really beautiful, yeah. especially on deeper skin tones. Is there a lipstick color that you feel like people are overlooking? Yes, I think the browns are not loved, but I'm working on, on sort of like this brown color for another lipstick type. And I'm like obsessed because it looks so sensual and sophisticated. I think it's yes. so chic, you know, it's irreverent yeah. chic. And I do think that the browns that are on the market, I'm not a huge fan because also like, I don't think it really performs that well. And 
So I was like, okay, there is a road there. Like, like there yes. is some brown that we can make stunning. And the brown could be like more like a nude or it could be more like a brown wine or brown plum. Like there's so much things we could create there. It's like not, and even like the purple also, purple are too like blackish or they're too uh, red. There's not like, like I think mm. in one of my YouTube videos, I've used them it, it wasn't, it was a glitter, I think. And it was some sort of like fuchsia violet color and it looks stunning. It was like, we haven't touched really on purple for your lips yet. So I would say purple and brown are the two colors that I'm going to start shaking. Yeah. I'm so happy you brought up your YouTube because, you know, you have a background as a creator before you've even made products. What inspired you to start documenting and sharing on YouTube? Yeah, it's funny. It really came because first I was, you know, I was doing photo shoots and fashion shows. And so I was not connecting to people and so at the beginning it's fun you have so much to express as a creative that you're in your bubble and then suddenly i was like okay i need a bit more dimension to my work and then i used at the time use instagram as my portfolio that was nine years ago eight years ago i love how early you were to that it's amazing to me i'll still meet makeup artists that are very talented and work with all these and they're just like i just don't have time for instagram i don't know it's just too much work and i'm like just share at some point you have to document your work People, I think, get overwhelmed by the idea of it and yeah. they think it has to be perfect. But yeah. you clearly from the beginning saw this as something that could be helpful. And I would assume you had fun doing it too. Yes, because I was just, I was so proud of the work we've done and I wanted to, you know, thank everybody who worked on it and, and share about it. And and then also, you know, I didn't know if my agent was like <laughs> updating my web, the website page all the time. I was like, at least I put all my work and it's done. Yeah. It's there and people can see it. It's very convenient. And again, it really came from pride also, like I was so proud to share it. Then I realized like a lot of non-professional were reaching out to me because I think my aesthetic when I moved to New York and I started Instagram, because it kind of happened at the same time, was like kind of bare skin and one accent. And so even though it's editorial, people felt like they could actually connect to it. So if it felt creative, but super accessible. And so I started to have a lot of requests on like, how do I do this look? And so at first I was responding, I remember two hours a day to DMs and messages and trying to help them. And then I felt so good doing it. And I said, well, they were all asking, can you show us a tutorial? I was like, me. you know, it didn't even cross my mind. I remember when I started to be your makeup designer, they asked me, would you be okay to do makeup on yourself? I was like, hell no. Like it was never an option to me. I was behind. I was always behind in my head. I didn't want to be in front of the camera. And, and then I was looking for another YouTuber that could share this type of aesthetic and how they do it. So I was really looking actively for somebody that would do my style. And I couldn't find anyone. It's like, okay, okay, I'll do a couple and see how it goes. But it was yeah. never a strategy to build up an audience or whatever. It was really deeply came from a place of like, I want to show these people how to do it because they're excited. They inspire. That's amazing. Right. I loved it. So I remember I, I called my best friend. He was in New York. He's an actor and he was with his friend. I was a director at the time. They were like doing a road trip in the US. And I was like, hey, can you guys take your camera and come shoot me in the car on the way to the bar and then you shoot me at the bar to do makeup yeah. and they're like oh my gosh I'm so car sick I can't do this I'm like please please okay fine 
and then we we shot it. That was my two first videos that are to this day my favorites. And I, I remember I posted them thinking like, maybe people are going to hate it because I'm drinking wine. I'm like using my fingers to do my makeup and I'm not, I mean, somewhere I'm not in the studio, but the opposite, people liked it and that became a thing. And that allowed me to connect with people. Wow, what a, like a breath of fresh air to be able to do yes. this. Yes. I mean, that's how I discovered you. But again, like that moment going into the office, you were yourself and it's like, there's something that's so refreshing about seeing people being themselves, like seeing people that have like unique and different personality. It's like almost like you can relax when you can feel someone else's being themselves. You're like, ah, yeah, it's okay. I can me. drop my pretense. Yeah. They're yeah. relaxed, you know? Yeah, I get it. It's a really beautiful thing to share. Then, I mean, going from a creator, and it's interesting because I'm in this position now where I'm a creator and starting to think about products. It's a jump and it's a leap and it's very different. And being a creator is also very lucrative, as we know, like you can make a lot of money just talking about other people's brands um, versus the pain and suffering of trying to build and <laughs> sell your own product. What made you say, this is worth it for me to take this next jump? I want to build my legacy in this way. Well, it was always the plan. I, I guess I'm very um, focused, I guess. Once I have a goal, that's my airy side. It's like, <laughs> I'm going full steam ahead. So I had this goal of doing my brand since I started makeup when I was playing with texture and I realized I didn't see anything in the market. But I was not in a rush. I knew I had to build my experience. I was very green. I need to know the job before doing it. Then I realized when I started YouTube that actually I could build a community before. And But all this time... My number one goal was to do the brand. That's why I moved to the US. And I was supposed to launch it before, but then Nessa Lauder came and offered me this incredible position. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a chance of a lifetime. I have to say yes, you know? And I'm so glad I did because I learned so much more. And yeah, it was really an incredible time there. And then it was, you know, I was very comfortable there. I was pregnant on my first kid and we were talking about the future for us with them. And I wanted to tell them, okay, I'm doing my brand because it's very important for me to be transparent so people can commit with you knowing everything, you know? And so we decided to keep working a bit together, but at some point stopped so I could do my brand and focus on it. And it was really like, I could see like the path where I stay very comfortable and keep growing with them or another brand not even, or do my brand and, you know, go the startup life, eight months pregnant, having to make this decision. It's like, you know, it's my dream. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, you know, I've, I've built my career from scratch. I moved from Paris to New York. I did again my career here. I've, I I think I'm, I'm not scared. I'm definitely not yes. scared. And if it's too difficult, then I'll stop. I do something else. I don't know. I It felt so... If not I, now, then when, right? Yeah. Like, this is this is my opportunity to yeah. do it and, and build what I've been dreaming of. I also just yeah. love that you did have that delayed gratification and you slowly built your community over time. Like, it's not like, oh, I have a dream to create a brand. Sometimes it takes years or a decade plus to get there, but yeah. there's a reason why you're on that specific path. Yes, because I, I do not regret launching later. Like everything that came my way in that time was so precious. Like I had one shot to make this brand successful. So I rather really wait and do it well than do it wrong. So even for retail, it's a big jump for us and people are like what are you going to do it's been like 
soon three years you're launching and you're still not really doing anything <laughs> with retail. I'm like, because I want to build a maison, I want to build something that has a strong story and a strong soul. And these things take time and I have to build the brand first and then see who's going to be the best partner. And so I'm, I have this thing where I'm like, when I want something, I'm like, let's go, let's do it. And at the same time, I'm not in a rush. I like things to happen when, when it's clicking, you know? Yes. How do you take care of yourself? You do a lot. You're busy. You're a hard worker. We've established that. <laughs> How do you pamper yourself, take care of yourself? Like, what are the things you do for just you? Because I'm really obsessed with Japanese culture. And I think that's where they inspired me a lot. Is like in the little things in life, finding pleasure. So I used to be like, oh my gosh, I would love a spa, like a day spa. And now I'm like, I don't even know if I want that. Like I take care of myself. I try to do it throughout the day on little things. Like, you know, I have my little ritual with my shalate. That's what I do. It makes me feel really good. And when I leave work, which masha powder do you use? So I have this one from Japan that I buy like in bulk when I go. But middle grade matcha. Yes. I'm very, very picky, but there is a symbiotica, I think it's called. It's you can buy here in the US and it's really good. Symbiotica, it's called? Yeah. So that's the plan B. Then I, I, I'm driving to get pick up my kids from some school. I put like a very relaxing music and then I have these little candles that I love. Like I do little things like here and there. Which that, candles do you love? There is this, I mean, it's very expensive and I feel bad sharing it because it's just a candle, but I cannot explain. Like people in my house, I see it or like I get it. Like it smells no, so I mean fine. Hit me with it. We just had Sir Candleman on the podcast and he was sharing candles that are three hundred or four hundred dollars. Oh, no, so. this is eighty. That's like not a Oh no, we're still, ready for it. Still. Okay. Uh, but what's it's like candle? a stick candle, you know, it doesn't come in a jar. It's, I think the name is like Orzo, something like H O R Z O something like this is French. And it's made with like plants and they say it's to really purify the home or harmonize the home the energy etc but the scent of harmony the harmony one is just driving i'm gonna look this up and so, so what's interesting i just got two big stick candles that don't come in jars but i'm like what do i put them in like what do you what's the vessel that you put the candle so in? I, i'm a mess because i don't want it to, i don't want it to be in a vessel so i leave it out but i put it on marble counters Ah, because so then it's it really melts. it can melt and then I remove it. But this one is pretty well done because the flame goes in and then it's just towards the end that it starts to kind of mess up. But for a very long time it looks really nice. Oh my gosh. Having all of these like candlesticks around the home is so atmospheric and cool. Right? But it's, no, it's bringing me back to Beauty and the Beast and like yes. early aesthetic that you were drawn to. It's a very like Beauty and the Beast aesthetic. So, okay, you've yeah. got the candles going. Maybe that's all where it came from, you know, like last night it was pouring rain outside. I put, I'm very sensitive to lighting in my home and thank God I'm with a photographer that gets it. So we have a very nice lighting situation where it feels like not like right now in my office, which I hate, like it's like blasting in your face. A few candles, a bit of, even when we have dinner with the kids, I put a bit of jazz in the background. So nice. It smells good. Like we're very calm at home. It's like a calm home. Like, and you know, when the kids are in bed, I'm either gonna, I'm gonna do like now I'm back to painting and I do it for an hour. Feels good. Like, so I think I became really good at finding peace and moment of tenderness for myself in little things like this. 
Right. Where, because honestly, at first I was like, oh, like at some point I was journaling. Okay, now it feels like an effort, so I stopped doing it. I'll come when when I feel like I want to do it, I'll go back to it, or you know, I, I'm gonna do this or that. Like I, yoga, stretch. No, I I know it will do good to me, but it seems like an effort, so I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> You've got to listen to what your body wants. Yeah. And are there any skincare products or fragrances or products that you use that just make you feel just kind of calm and at peace and happy? Yeah, there is. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. This cleanser. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it. And I used to hate, like, I, I'm a maniac. I could cleanse my face every night. Like, even when I was younger, come home at 4 a.m., like, I would cleanse, like, my, my skin. Like, I'm that crazy but I always didn't like it and I found this Purito face all cleanser and the texture of it Ooh. it just like it's such a moment of okay, I, love I have it. to try this oh I'm obsessed with this oil so that's one then there is this milk bath the scent is insane from nature of things it's like the flower yes milk bath or something like the scent is incredible my fragrance, Avicamo, there's, I don't know, there's something about this fragrance. I mean, it's for me, I don't know for everyone, but that's just like, you know, as I'm talking with you, like, it's like a hug. I'm working on a fragrance and it's been such a journey. Wow. What? The fragrance. It's like vetiver, langylang, bergamot. Uh, so it's quite warm, but it smells a bit fresh to other symptoms, not sweet at all. I love People that. think there's coconut in it, but there's no coconut. So yeah, things like this. Is there anything else? No. It seems like you go into the office, you work very hard, and then you come home and there's like a real oh, a real yeah. wind down and like restoration happening, which is so important. It took me a while to get there because I think at first I was like in the mindset of like making the kids go to bed like okay it's a night routine because you know as a parent oh my gosh the night routine is so intense but like okay brush your teeth and everything is a negotiation with toddlers so at the end like you and i really do like these things to make everything calm so that's my goal i'm like i want to enjoy that time with my kids and that changed everything my husband was my big inspiration for this because he's very much like this naturally and so i was it took me a while to get there but i think i'm getting there wow, you're preaching to me right now because <laughs> I relate to everything you're saying. And isn't it funny how it's often like you marry someone or you find a partnership with someone that like offers you the perspective that you're missing. It's interesting how couples right? can complement each other Puzzle. that way. Yes. That's, that's, that's why I think he's Coco Chanel who said that, like being different is being unique and being unique is irreplaceable. But like, that's why mm -hmm. let's nurture our differences. Like yes. it makes us be so happy together. Like it's it's such a great thing. It is. It is. So the important question to ask you now that I've understood your kind of background and your work ethic, but also your relationship with beauty is when do you feel most beautiful? Hmm. Um, I guess it really depends on the moment. I do think when we go out with my, my husband, I feel really good. I don't mm. know why. <laughs> with your person. How long have you guys I, been together? Ten years almost, but we've been friends before, so we've known each other for a long time. But he's my best friend, and he's seen all of these different versions of you, like mother, entrepreneur. You know, it's like you've kind of grown together, and there's something Absolutely. so beautiful about he that. He remembers when I presented to him my brand book that I did alone at home 
as a makeup artist before I wanted to do the brand and I'm like, look, now it's a business. It's amazing to grow with people. Yes, it really is. Well, thank you so much for sharing. So grateful for your time and, and for your brand. I'm just like so excited about what's to come. Oh, thank you so much. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I hope you loved my conversation with Violette as much as I did. And if you're inspired to try Violette FR, these are some of my favorite products. When I went on the website, I was a little overwhelmed. I knew I wanted to get the red lip because that is the product that everyone said, you have to try this red lip. And I'm not just saying this to say it, it is truly my favorite go-to red lipstick. I struggle with matte, but this is just such a velvety, beautiful, like rich, buildable, red matte lip. It's really unlike any red lip I've tried. And the product is Petal Bouche Matte, and it comes in three colors. So I have two of the reds. There's kind of like a deep burgundy, Cerise Désir. And then the other shade that I have, which really is the perfect red, Amour Fu. So good. The other product that I'm really excited about is the Invisible Bandage. I've only used it once, but can I just tell you, I was in a situation where I just didn't feel like wearing my Starface pimple patch. Every single time I go out in public with my Starface on, people are like, oh, did you know there was a sticker on your face? Or like, oh, your son put a sticker. I was like, no. Sometimes I just don't feel like doing it. It was actually an important meeting I had. So I was like, let me just cover this with makeup. And so I painted on the invisible bandage over the blemish that I had. And then I put makeup on top of it. It was undetectable. It's also $28 and it's a small package, but I know it's going to last me a long time because you just need like the smallest little bit to paint over blemishes. So I do think that that's a good investment. I am curious to try the Boom Boom Milk after the glowing reviews. I haven't tried that yet, but the blue eyeshadow. Now I have an obsession with Eve Klein Blue, as does Violette. This is like the perfect royal blue. You all know I love blue. My son's name is blue. I mean, I love blue the color blue and to get a shocking blue on your eyelid in this creamy texture that just builds and it's like soft and powdery and it really lasts the pigments are there it's just such a quality product and that is called the ye paint ye meaning eyes and the color that i got is gia bleu i will link to all of these products in the show notes so you can shop the site the ye paint the eye paint 
also comes in really pigmented purples and rich browns and this deep green. It also comes in a twinkling texture that has some shimmer to it. I like the matte, but I think she's really building special products. I'm excited for the new colors that are coming. Thank you all for putting me on. I knew Violet's work, I'd seen her videos and the incredible brand imagery, but I hadn't taken the leap to try the products and I'm so happy I did. So thank you to you all for putting me on to one of my new favorite makeup brands. And thank you, Violette, for coming on the show, sharing your story with us. I'm walking away from this conversation so inspired. And I'm excited for you all to hear. We did a little mini-sode about travel beauty hacks with Violette coming up soon. So that's an extra bonus treat. Thank you all so much for listening. Subscribe if you're not subscribed to the podcast. Tell a friend. Tell a friend about Naked Beauty. I so appreciate the support. Today's episode was edited and produced by NBA Kasanga. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm.